Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo, and I've had some requests for this podcast episode, and I think this is the best month to get into it because of what we're doing in the Spartan Academy this month. Taking a deep dive into indomitable self-confidence this month, June, means observing rejection objectively instead of the subjective, uncomfortable way the brain tends to perceive it for most of us. Now, rejection is a thought error that prevents us from developing self-confidence. When you are afraid to be rejected, you do not feel confident because you will be in fear instead of in confidence. And I want to say that I have firsthand knowledge and experience of this because I was a huge people pleaser. Go back to the very first podcast episode and you guys will listen to a little bit of my story. I spent years of my life people pleasing. And although it all happened for me, to become the man I am today, it severely crippled my experiences early in life. This was the way I was raised, but also the way I chose to deal with my childhood. I got into a pattern of people pleasing, and I just continued to do it throughout my entire life. And it's important to remember my theory that people pleasers are liars. And the only reason I can say that is because I was a people pleaser for so long that I know how often I lied and said I wanted to do something when I didn't, said I liked something when I didn't, just to please another person. And I've stopped doing that. You guys know, you guys probably know that since then I've stopped doing that. I no longer people please. And I am 100% honest with people, not just in terms of how I don't deceive people intentionally, right? Like telling the truth, but I also tell people my personal truth and I allow them to think and feel about it however they want. Now, look, it's not in a way where I'm brutally honest. And I think some people, when they first discover the universal truth and the model, they think it's just kind of license. And they, the reason, one of the reasons why they reject the universal truth and the model is because they think it's just license to kind of behave and do whatever they want. But the fact is, not, there's nothing brutal about honesty at all. There's not like, you just tell people and then just like, okay, you can just go ahead and think however you want. But that is the universal truth. And I don't intentionally want to hurt people. That's not what I'm saying. It's never what I want. But I do always tell my truth, even if it does hurt someone else, because I know I didn't cause that hurt. And I know that I can't stop that hurt. They create that hurt with their own thoughts, and they have to learn to deal with their own emotions as humans, just like we all do. And very briefly, I just want to say that I really made a turn when I started setting boundaries and risk rejection from those boundaries. Now, if you guys have listened to my podcast for a while, you know that boundaries are always something that we do for ourselves. And a lot of times when we need to set boundaries, it's because we haven't been telling the truth. And so people don't even know that they've even crossed our boundaries. So when I chose to set, or in many cases, reset boundaries and risk that rejection, I had to choose my truth over people pleasing, and it was excruciatingly hard. 
I was able to work with many of my students on boundaries during May because setting boundaries is a way to develop an invincible relationship with yourself and amazing relationships with other people. And May was relationship month in the academy. So many of the Spartans who are struggling with the same thing, you know, where they want to please other people. And so they're really struggling with the idea of stopping all that and risking that rejection and boundaries are so important for that work. Now, I've done so much thought work on rejection in myself. And one of the thoughts that I found when it came to my own life that I really had to work on was if I get too successful, right? If I change too much, if I grow into more of myself, then I won't have any friends. You know, no one will love me. You know, if I, if I get too big, if I get too successful. And that's a fear of success. And it's kind of an illogical thought, right? I think most people, they want to be successful, and yet there is a little thought in there that prevents it. A lot of times it's even unconscious. You know, for me, that was one of them. It was really unconscious, and I had to do my own work to get there. And what I found was I was afraid that the more successful I became, the more I would lose the people who love me the way I am, the way I was at that time. As I made those changes, I would lose the people that loved me before those changes. And I did some thought work on it, and I realized that if I don't, become who I am meant to be, then none of my friends will be true friends anyway, because they won't really know who I am fulfilling my potential. That is something that I was always trying to prevent. I was always trying to prevent people who will prevent, who will reject me because of changes and personal growth and success that I have in my life. Now, listen, brothers, people don't consciously reject me because of my success, right? They don't consciously reject me because of the changes in my personal development. They don't say, you know, I don't want to be your friend anymore because you're so successful or because you've changed. That's not what happens, but here is what happens. What I've been noticing in myself and in my own growth is that as I work through what I'm required to work through to become that next best version of myself is that I change so much. Even just thinking about it's been almost five years since I began this cognitive mastery journey and having taken ownership of all of my thoughts, emotions, actions and the results in my life. You know, I've stopped all buffering and started creating my life intentionally. And what I've noticed is that I went through a lot of change in order to become the person that doesn't blame other people for the circumstances of my life and doesn't escape or buffer with pornography and drugs and really don't even think about those things anymore. And I don't abdicate my emotions to other people's behavior. And I don't lie to cover up my fear of being judged. And you know what? I don't people please to avoid being rejected. Those are all some changes that I've gone through. And a lot of people that I used to hang out with, or even, you know, just be very close with, you know, basically I have less in common with them. And I relate to them in a different way. And I experience that relationship in a different way. And I enjoy spending time with them in different ways. And sometimes those friendships really didn't even survive the changes that I went through. And I get this question a lot from my students. It's how do you know when to let go of a friendship or a relationship? Because, you know, I'm always teaching that we should love everyone before we leave them, right? We should love our jobs. We should love our wives or our girlfriends. We should love our situations and circumstances before we make a change. And I do absolutely believe in that. Because if we don't choose love intentionally, we will continue to believe that we are leaving the relationship to feel better which is an illusion, which is a violation of the universal truth. However, 
I also believe that some relationships complete themselves. It's not that a relationship is over. I don't think you need to delete people from your life, but I feel like some relationships have a season and some relationships just complete themselves like a circle. They come full circle. You can see this for some of you. You can see this in your jobs. Like some of you will have a job and you'll be really close to someone in that job. But when you leave the job, you don't really have anything in common with them outside of the job. So you really don't remain friends. And I think that's true with other areas of our life where it's not like you hate this other person or you hate each other. You just want to delete each other. It's just that you don't spend any time together outside of that circumstance, outside of work. And so when you don't have that job, it's not really a natural progression for that relationship to continue. And I have felt that way with some of my friendships in terms of my changing and my developing myself into someone who is vastly different than I was even a few years ago. Even your relationship with me can be an example. Like some of you have been along with me on this ride since podcast number one, episode number one. You've listened to the podcast the whole time. And maybe you liked me better two years ago. Maybe you like me better now. Maybe you haven't been with me this whole time, but you've been binge, you know, binge listening the, on the Alpha Male Coach podcast and listening to all the episodes like in a week, and you have noticed a change in me. And maybe for some of you, you haven't noticed a change at all. I don't seem any different at all, but I am completely different. I'm completely transformed into a new version of myself. And you know what? I really like myself a lot better, and I want that to continue. I want to continue liking myself as I continue to grow. I will continue to use the universal truth to grow myself into more of who I want to be, which is ultimately more of who I am. Now, I ran a gym in the United States for eight years, from 2006 to 2014. One of the things that I noticed was as my business grew and as I grew as a business owner and as a coach and in myself, the people that were with me in the beginning couldn't make it with me all the way to the end. The members and coaching staff I had in 2006 and 2007 were not the same members and coaching staff I had in 2013 and 2014. Now, there were a handful of folks that I could say were around for a while, maybe five, six, or seven of the eight years. But the members that were with me when I was a new coach and developing my skill were not the same members that were with me when I was a level four coach and working as a contractor teaching level one and level two seminars around the world. The coaching staff that I had when I was investing more in my business than I was earning was not the same coaching staff that I had when I was just making enough to cover the overhead. And that coaching staff was not the same coaching staff I have when I was making over six figures of net profit. I think this is true because unless my staff was growing and changing along with me, I would have to change my staff in order for my business to grow the way I did. When we fear letting go of our relationships, like our employees, we instead are making the choice to keep our business where it is and stagnant for their growth and development in ourselves, rather than letting those relationships complete themselves. The relationship with ourselves has to come first if we're going to grow into a more complete version of who we are. And sometimes that means letting relationships change and letting go of the people who are not changing with us. And this is true also of our most intimate relationships as well. And this is actually where it can be the most difficult because sometimes we have a belief that tells us we should find the one, 
right? That perfect person for us, that soulmate or whatever. And sometimes we even, we do, we enter into a contract with someone hoping that the relationship will last for years or even for the rest of our lives. Like a marriage contract or an exclusive intimate partnership that we have with someone. People in an open state will go through several changes in their personal development as they continue to grow in their knowledge and experience. This can lead two people down different paths over time. And it can be really painful for one or both partners when they perceive that the other person has changed or when they have changed and the other person isn't changing with them. The aftermath that usually happens is to try to control the other person, right? Trying to get them to be different or even wanting them to be the way they were or wanting them to work on themselves, right? Or whatever that is. It's only when two people grow in themselves and grow together, and that's what makes relationships work, and that's what makes our friendships work. That's true for friends, partners, family, and all people that we choose to share our life with. We're constantly growing in new ways that can relate to each other in different ways as long as we develop together. This can be true for all relationships. Our relationships with our business and our relationships with our employees, our relationships with our partners, and most importantly, our relationships with ourselves. And the relationship with yourself, brother, is really the only relationship that exists internally, right? And the relationship that creates all of our relationships externally. Now, I'm going to bring that all the way back to rejection. Now, we're 13 minutes in, and now we're going to talk about rejection, because I think sometimes when you've outgrown a relationship, it can be challenging because you don't want to leave that person behind. You don't want to reject them and you don't want to feel rejected. But I think the fear of rejection is one of those things that prevents us becoming who we want to be in our life. And it's really interesting. And so I encourage you guys to think about that in terms of your own life and how much your life of you are spending avoiding that rejection. In the biopsychosocial model of human development, both as individuals and as a species, we will oscillate between self-serving and self-sacrificing cognitive patterns, belief systems, and personal values. And the fear of rejection lies in the self-sacrificing belief systems around the tribe, which is the external group, the higher authority, which are all the man-made, man-made rules that develop through government and religion, and through groupthink consensus, which is the collective thought patterns that appear to be, although are often not, held by the majority. Now, the fear of rejection is a primitive fear. It originated from our desire to be a part of an external tribe or group. We don't want to be rejected from that group because it's the group that is going to keep us alive. You know, that connection is so important. So being ostracized from a group, being rejected from a group is for our brain the same as death. And if you think about this, like if you go back to high school, right? So maybe this was high school for you. Maybe it was middle school. Maybe it was college. But if you go back to a time when you were developing cognitively into your humanness and having no one to guide you into how to think about the thoughts you're creating with your brain, you probably spent your entire high school years excruciatingly afraid of being rejected by the popular people. I don't know, by the clique groups. And so many of us just decided to instead reject ourselves ahead of time. We kept ourselves away from any possibility of being rejected. 
and we didn't want to talk to the popular kids or we didn't want to go talk to the girl that we would have liked and we would have liked to date or maybe the friends that we wanted to make. We would just hide instead. Or maybe maybe we did have an experience where we did get rejected and then we spent the rest of our life trying to stay away from that emotion. And it all began in a very primitive way. We want to belong and be a part of a pack for survival. And oftentimes rejection, as we were evolving biopsychosocially, could have meant that there was something wrong with us and it could have eventually led to death. So the idea of like, stay away from us, you're sick, you're injured, you know, you're putting the tribe at risk, you're not going to survive, you know, we have to leave you behind and all that kind of sort of thing. That's like, that's a huge fear for most of us. And it is very primitive. That primitive fear of being rejected by the tribe, the group, the external group, oscillates into being rejected by the higher authority, right? The government through laws, parents and teachers through rules, and even God through religion. And then it oscillates into being rejected by groupthink, a group less unified by its physical borders or outwardly visible constructs and more on thought patterns and belief systems. And we are programmed at a very young age to seek approval. And our brain tells us that approval lets us know that we're on the right track and that we're worthy and that we aren't going to be rejected by the people that we are dependent on for our survival. This goes all the way back to that people pleasing. We don't want to stand out. We don't want to lose the approval and risk the rejection of the people that we feel dependent on. When we aren't getting approval, we spend a lot of times trying to get it, right? We protect ourselves by hiding and doing nothing that could get us any disapproval or rejection, or we just go along with things that we don't want to or don't necessarily believe in so that we won't be rejected or disapproved of. Now, I want you to think about that in your own life. How much time do you spend doing nothing, rejecting yourself ahead of time so you don't have to risk being rejected in the world? And how much time do you spend just going with the flow? And maybe end up saying things or doing things that you don't want to do or believe in things that you don't believe in so that you don't risk being rejected by the world. This is so widespread. It's so widespread in our humanness. And it's a serious issue for anyone who wants to grow and evolve and create. Anytime you want to grow, anytime you want to evolve yourself or create something, you are going to risk rejection. You are going to risk haters. You are going to risk losing people's approval. This goes back to the episode that I did last week, where if you remember, self-confidence comes from your willingness to experience any emotion, no matter how terrifying it is. And one of the main things we need to risk experiencing emotionally is rejection. Now check this out. I get this question a lot. How do I stop feeling fear or anxiety when I, you know, fill in the blank, when I see a beautiful woman, I want to go talk to her, or when I want to start my own business and, you know, go out and start making offers to customers. Or I also get the question is how do I voice my personal truth without someone judging me? And that question is essentially, how do I prevent rejection coach? How do I make it so that I won't get rejected? And I think that's the wrong question. Because you can almost guarantee, and I guarantee this to you, brother, that if you step out as who you're going to be in the world, someone will reject you. It doesn't matter what you choose to do or what you choose to believe, you are going to be rejected by someone or by one group or another group. You guys have heard me, maybe if you've heard this in the past in other podcasts, you've heard me use the example that you are a stake 
And there are people who are going to reject steak. It doesn't matter how well marbled you are, you know, that steak is. It doesn't matter how delicious the steak is. There's always going to be some people that don't like steak. They just don't eat meat. And that is their choice. There's always going to be a slew of people that don't like you. And if you're constantly trying to get the people that don't eat meat to like you by trying to be an apple or a grain, then you're not going to show up authentically as the person you are. And you're still going to risk having the people who love steak rejecting you because maybe they don't like apples or grains. The only way I know of preventing that rejection is by hiding, by staying in your cave and not letting anyone see you. People can't reject you when they don't see you. But as soon as you put yourself out there, as soon as you expose your ideas or your talents or your art or your contribution to the world, you can plan on probably 50% of the world rejecting it, rejecting it or ignoring it or not being interesting in it or hating it or just hating on you. So you have to be willing to experience that in order to have the self-confidence you need to put yourself out there in the world. And like I said, that's 50%. That's one out of every two people. But this number could be greater. It could be two out of every three people. Of course, it could also be one out of every three people. But nothing you ever do or say is going to be liked by all people. Now, imagine a life where you aren't afraid of being rejected. Imagine it. Go ahead. If you want to pause the podcast and imagine it, go ahead. Like, what would that be like for you? What would you be doing right now that you aren't doing? What would you not be doing right now that you are doing? We often value approval, other people's approval, overdoing our work in the world and showing up as who we want to be. We're unwilling to take that risk. This vague sense of rejection is very subjective, and we need to define it and take responsibility for it if we ever want to overcome it. Think about everyone. Just think about that word, everyone, right? It's a very vague way of us describing a few people who are typically nameless, and then we take action or inaction trying to control and get approval from them, right? Like, everyone will hate me. Everyone will think it's dumb. Everyone thinks I'm just ordinary. Everyone will leave me. Everyone will yell at me, right? But rejection is often just in our own mind. It's something we create without even evaluating the facts, or even worse, without even trying to evaluate the facts. The answer for dealing with rejection is, and always has been, self-confidence. And what I mean by that is it's your willingness to feel rejection. Self-confidence isn't avoiding rejection. It's walking into rejection, right? Because you're willing to feel it. You're saying, bring it on. Reject me. I want you to. Bring it on. I am willing to be who I am. I know that that comes with being who I am, right? The rejection is going to be a part of that. That is a part of the deal, and I am in it to win it. I am all in. I will not reject myself in order to prevent rejection from other people. I will not reject myself in order to avoid someone else disagreeing with me. I will not reject myself so that someone will approve of me. We have to be willing to lose someone's approval in order to gain our own. The pattern for so many of my students is to seek others' approval and eliminate the possibility of others' rejection at their own expense. They simply reject themselves in order not to be rejected. And it's so crazy because you're going to experience rejection anyway, right? You're either going to experience rejecting yourself or you're going to experience being rejected by other people. So you might as well 
experience rejection doing what you love, doing what you're meant to do, and being who you are in the world. Now, the answer, my brothers, is self-confidence. The solution is to risk everyone's rejection but your own, to be willing to be hated by everyone if it means loving yourself and honoring your true desires and beliefs. Of course, what happens when you do this is that you get outside approval so much more when you approve of yourself first, no matter what. Other people always follow your lead. You are teaching them how to treat you. Now, that's not always the case, right? I'm not guaranteeing that everybody will approve of you when you approve of yourself, but I want to promise you guys this. Feeling rejected is no big deal. Remember, anytime you feel rejected, you are the one causing it by what you're thinking. Think about the thought that causes it. Remember that rejection isn't something that happens to you and then you feel terrible. You have to think a thought to feel rejected. Something happens, you think a thought, then you feel it. It's really important to know because otherwise you are going to feel so powerless. You're going to feel like someone else is rejecting you, that someone else is causing that feeling. Now, have you ever been rejected by someone about something and it didn't hurt at all? Like someone said no to you or told you that they didn't approve of what you did or what you're doing and it really didn't matter to you? Like someone tried to make you feel rejected and it didn't work? And I think if you can go back there and have that time, remember that time, then that would prove the, my point because rejection is a feeling caused by a thought. So notice the vibration and how it feels. This no big deal feeling is really what's running your life. If someone rejects you or a group of people reject you or disagree with you, you never even have to feel rejected. It's so fascinating to me because you notice how different your life would be if you didn't have the fear of being rejected, which is an emotion that you're creating yourself with your thoughts about other people's actions. So I want you guys to recognize this as the primitive fear that it is. This fear is a part of the beta condition, and it's a part of the beta condition in all its forms. Don't hold it against yourself by telling yourself that you shouldn't feel it when you do. But notice that self-confidence will come from your willingness to feel rejected because it's just a feeling and you can handle any vibration in the cells of your organic machine. You know, the, the meat bag that we call a body. People pleasers aren't willing to be rejected. And perfectionists, they just try to prevent it. So when you try and prevent yourself from being rejected by having no typos in your copy, and you just want it to be perfect, you know, which it always is, right? Your, your, your content is always perfect. And that's a whole nother podcast episode. But when you try to have it, you know, just be beautiful and having everybody love it all the time, when you try and prevent that rejection, what you're really doing is you prevent yourself from putting your work out into the world at the level you could be doing it because you're so terrified. Then when someone does find that typo or finds that thing wrong with it or makes an argument against it, you're devastated, right? What I want to encourage you to do is say, I'm willing to be rejected. You know, I'm willing to hear no. I'm willing to put myself out there and ask the question and have someone say, say no a hundred times, not just once, but a hundred times. I'm willing to have thousands of haters if it means I'm able to help thousands of people. And the same is true for telling your personal truth. You know, it's totally okay for you to say, this is what I believe. You can choose to believe what you want to believe. And this is what I am choosing to believe. 
our disagreement in opinion doesn't make me right and you wrong or you right and me wrong. It means we have decided to think different things based on our own education, our own knowledge and experiences of the world. And we can still be friends in my mind, even if it means we can't be friends in your mind. That is the risk you take when you are willing to be self-confident and put yourself out there in the world. A lot of us don't want to be self-confident because when we are self-confident, we take action. And when we take action, we risk rejection. So please, brothers, if I could beg of you anything, it is to be willing to be rejected. Take that risk because if you're willing to be rejected, that is the best place to find your own approval. Because instead of rejecting yourself ahead of time, you will actually be creating the exact life you want to create. Just because someone rejects you doesn't mean anything. It doesn't tell us anything about you. It tells us everything about the person rejecting you. Rejection is a feeling that you only feel when you think a thought in your mind. You never have to feel rejected. But if you do, don't resist it. Allow it. Welcome it. Use it to learn more about yourself and become stronger in your alpha state. Go out there and be willing to be rejected. Because the more you're willing to be rejected, the more self-confidence you will have. And when you're ready to put all this into application, to develop cognitive mastery and emotional ownership and build indomitable self-confidence through the three pillars of how you think about yourself, learning to experience any emotion without fear of it or resisting it, and aligning yourself with your future by following through with the actions that you want to take and not taking any action that you don't want to take, go to thealphamalecoach.com and enroll in the Elevated Alpha Society Spartan Academy. You can do that right now. You don't have to wait. You can find all the information right there under the Work with Kevin tab. And if you have any questions, you can book a free 45-minute consultation call with me, and I will show you how all of this can work for you with any problem you're struggling with. Until next week, my brothers, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.